As far as firefighting conditions go, it doesn't get much worse than today, does it? At one point, it all went black. There's a lot of flame coming up from there. You're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Help! Help! Someone help us! Help us, please! Carl, why did you insist on climbing up to the fifth of this abandoned building to do today's episode of Short and Curly. I didn't know the building was on fire and filling with smoke. Oh no, someone help us. Help. Wow, kicking indoors looks much easier in the movies. Ow. Hey, it's ethics extraordinaire slash firefighting hero, Dr. Matt Beard. I'm here from the ethics center slash fire department. Wait, when did Matt become a firefighter? Uh, well, look, he didn't. He just found a costume somewhere and now he won't take it off. Still, right now, he's our only hope, Molly. I'm afraid I only have the time and strength to save one of you. Who's it going to be? Uh... Oh, well... Okay, well, Carl is a journalist and scientist, so he's a very important asset to the world. And Molly's an amazing, talented actress who keeps people happy and entertained. Carl has a family. Molly's younger and she has dogs to look after. They're so cute. Oh, I do have dogs to look after. Wait, 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 what? And I am younger. Yeah, maybe you should save me. Hey, I was just being polite. If anyone should be saved from this fire, it should be me. Whoa, what? I have so much to give. Uh, yeah, well, so do I. Matt, can't you just decide who to save? Who, uh, well... Actually, uh... yeah, usually it's not the people stuck in the fires deciding who should be saved, it's the firefighters saving them. They're the ones that have to make the important decisions. Matt, you really need some kind of firefighting training manual. If you've always secretly wanted to ride through the streets in a fire truck with your siren blaring, driving straight through red lights, well, it's not all fun and games. You'd have to make some pretty tough decisions sometimes. Yeah, and being a firefighter can be dangerous. You've only got a certain amount of time to get the job done. And you've often got to make decisions quickly and as you go. So how do you make the best decisions possible? And who do you save first in a fire? On Short and Curly today, we have some very hot and smoky life and death decisions to make. And first, let's find out about that classic rescue situation firefighters are sometimes called out to. Rescuing kittens. Here are real life firefighters Stephen and Ricky to tell us about feline rescues. I've always had bad luck with cats. I remember one getting stuck between a shed and a fence and it was not happy. I put a crowbar in to open up the space. And it come flying out and peed and crapped all over me and like scratched me to high heaven. But you do it because like you bring it down to that lady who's 80 years old and she's been alone for 10 years and like you'll do that and it means nothing to have a couple of scratches if it's someone's only friend. If it's a stray cat, they'll find a house that they can get into and into the roof. It's warm and safe. Crawling around in the roof space of a house, you could get electrocuted or there could be asbestos in the, you know, in the dust in the ceiling. So we won't take unnecessary risks. As much as it would really hurt us if we had to leave a kitten and know that we can't rescue it, I'm sorry we're going to choose our own safety over a kitten. They are often really nice happy endings. 
sometimes when we get a kitten out, the owner of the house, even though it's a stray, the owner might, you know, keep the kitten. That's kind of a, a happy ending to those stories. And that was Stephen Francis and Rick Tonasia from Wentworthville Fire and Rescue. And more from them soon. Katy Perry was a cat, not a human, maybe her song Teenage Dream would sound like this. I think you mean Caddy Perry. <laughs> she calls herself Kitty Perry. Oh, does she? What a great meowity from meowthatsmusic.tumblr.com. So how much should a firefighter risk for one little cute ball of fur? Here's today's Brains Trust. I think firefighters risk their lives every day, like when they go into a burning house to save people and when they, for example, rescue cats from trees, as we're like talking about. But I think if you look up at a building and it's really high and there's a cat stuck on, up on top of the building and you just look at the building and you think, I'm going to die if I go up there and save that cat, I don't think it's really worth risking your life and other people's lives to save that one cat. If the cat has lived its life and it's, you know, it's almost when a cat should be at its death rate, I think, and there's a person, you've just got the firefighter job, I don't really think it's safe to try and save the cat because, you know, it's lived its life to the fullest extent that it can. I would say you just spray it with a little bit of a hose because you can drop a cat from a four-storey building and it would land on its feet. Or you could just put another firefighter underneath it so they could catch the cat. I don't really think the firefighters should be risking their lives for one, just one cat. Because, yeah, cats are good animals and they can be pets, but people, like, they're more important at the top of the food chain of everything. What if a person was up there, would you save them? Usually the answer would probably be yes. And so I think that it is, it is just important because animals are as important as humans. Thank you, Brains Trust. And quick disclaimer, please don't try throwing your cat out of a window to see <laughs> if it does survive the fall. So it sounds like some kids would pick a human over a cat. Interesting. Carl, don't you think it's time for our first thinking question? I think so, Molly. Yep, we'd like to know, if you were a firefighter, how much would you risk for someone's pet? Hit pause now. All right, I think it's time to turn to an actual ethicist and definitely a real firefighter to find out more. Matt Beard, are you still in here? Yep, I was just saving all these precious scrapbooks and photo albums from the fire. You have time to rescue a photo album, but you don't have time to rescue both of us? Look, it was a value judgement, Carl. Well, what do you think, Matt? I mean, if you were a firefighter, what would whoa, you... Whoa, 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 Molly, I am a firefighter. I'm so sorry. As a professional firefighter, how much would you risk for someone's pet or for anything, really? Well... Firefighters put themselves into dangerous situations all the time. That's part of the job and that's what they sign up for. So I think it's understandable that firefighters take on a level of risk when they're trying to protect people's property or they're trying to protect people's pets. But if there's a really, really high risk so that it's actually more likely that the firefighter isn't going to survive than that they are, then they're probably not going to take that risk on. 
But Fireman Matt, isn't that the job of a firefighter? Aren't they meant to risk themselves to protect people's homes and cats and lives and everything else? They are, but it would be unfair to ask them to risk their lives for anything because most people think that the life of a human is more important than the life of a cat. And we have to remember that these firefighters have families at home, they might have kids, so there are lots of people who would be affected by them risking their lives and and perhaps dying in order to save something that most people think isn't as valuable as a human life. So all of those things have to be brought into consideration as well. Cool. Thanks, Matt. Now, have you two decided which one of you I'm going to save? Uh, look, no, we still haven't quite got there. All right, I'm going to go grab some more hoses and come back, and by then you two have to have made a decision. You have time to get more hoses but not to save both of us. Bye. We can light it up, 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 so they can't put it out, out, out. We can light it up, 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 so they can't put it out, out, out. We can light it up, 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 so they can't put it out. That's Burn by Ellie Goulding. While we wait to be rescued, which will definitely be happening soon, let's find out what our Brains Trust today thinks about the sorts of important but really hard decisions firefighters sometimes have to make. I think firefighters, if they're deciding who to save first in a burning building, I think it's best to choose someone who you think couldn't save themselves. If they were disabled, so you need to save them first because other people, you know, they can find more ways around that. You should probably try to save the youngest first because they haven't lived their life as long as other people. I think you should go for the easiest rescue because if you go for the more dangerous rescue you could die trying to help that person and that's one less firefighter to help the safer side. If the building's falling apart in the fire and there's only like a tiny gap and you can't really fit anyone out except for the smallest person in the place well then you have to try and get them out otherwise like trying but never succeeding to get the bigger people out because it won't really work. But as well if it was pregnant, then like there would actually be, then it's kind of different because you've also got, it's kind of two people. And like, would you rather save one person or two people at a time? Molly, who do you think our brains trust would save out of the two of us? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, neither of us is disabled. We're about the same size physically. We're in the same room. So it's not a question of one of us being harder to reach. And also, I'm not pregnant. Are you, Carl? Uh, I I don't think so. So, I don't know who they would pick, but they've made some really good points today. So thanks to Zoe, Riley, Georgia and Sarah from the Hunter School of Performing Arts in Newcastle. Man, I'm really hot in here. Yeah, it's because there's still a huge fire blazing around us. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, And we still don't know which one of us will make it to safety. Hey, look, Matt's back. Matt, since you're more of a philosopher than a firefighter... (laughs) Not a firefighter at all. Are there any hero philosophers who can help us decide who should be saved first in a fire? Well, one hero philosopher who tried to think about this problem was a guy named William Godwin, and he gave us this situation where you had to choose between saving a great academic, like a great thinker from a burning room, and saving a house servant, someone who just worked in the house. But that house servant happened to be your mum. 
And Godwin actually thinks that even if it's your mum, you still have to save that great thinker because they're going to be of more use to society. What? My mum? But that seems awful. Well, that's one of the problems with this kind of approach which talks about the usefulness of someone or their age or anything like that. There are always situations that will seem a bit unusual. So when we try to measure and say, well, when we're given two people, we need to pick which one is more worthy of being saving, there's a problem there. And that's why some other people say that we should really just save whoever we have the opportunity to save or whoever is most in need of saving. So we don't try to find the most worthy person in the building because, first of all, that wastes a lot of time. We just save as many people as we can. We keep going in, finding someone and bringing them out until we can't do it anymore. And I guess part of that is about just sort of thinking with your head rather than being led by your heart in these situations then, right? That's really important in emergency situations is that we need to have thought about stuff in advance so that we're ready for these situations. But it's important as well that we're not just using our heart because our heart might say, well, I can hear people screaming in that building, I need to run in, when in fact the building is not stable and something we could do could cause even worse consequences. So we need to have practised emergency situations so that when we're actually in them, we can make those decisions and make them well and make them quickly. And surely if you're making those decisions a lot, you get better at making those decisions over time. Is there like such thing as getting ethically fit? Well, ethics is really just about making good decisions and that's just a kind of thinking. So like all other kinds of thinking, whether it's remembering a song or doing maths, the more we practice it, the better we get at it. But it's important, just like in sport, that you train the way you play. So you can't practice really easy firefighting scenarios and then get to a really complex situation and expect to be able to do the right thing. You have to be ready for all of the craziness that the situation is going to throw at you. And so it's important when we're practicing to train that kind of moral muscle that we've got exactly the sort of situations we're going to be facing as best we can. So we need to be imaginative. Thanks, Matt. And now, of course, it's important to remember that whether you're juggling different ages or size or those in the most danger, there's never an actual answer to this because, of course, every single rescue situation is very different. So now it's time for you to hit the pause button and have a think about this super curly question. We're going to be looking at Godwin's scenario again. Carl, remind me what Godwin's scenario was? So Godwin's is how to decide who you're going to save between a philosopher who knows lots and lots about the world and is a great thinker and your mum. Which one do you choose? And that's your curly question. Do you save the great philosopher or do you save your mum? Hit pause now. I think we should hear from real-life firefighters about the sort of life-and-death decisions they have to make. Yeah, and, and why they want to do the job at all when it sounds like it's often so difficult. You see a lot of terrible things that are outside the realm of like everyday life, but there is a, still a lot of overwhelming satisfaction from, you know, when it's out of the norm of everyday life, you're there to help. If we've got people here and people there and a fire there, our main priority is put the fire out because the fire's only going to get worse. Without putting the fire out, you can't help anyone. And you have to have discipline yeah. and do what you know you should do, not what your brain's or your heart's telling you yeah. you should do. When we decide who we're going to help first, you really do want to do the most good for the most people. You're not going to get it perfect because it's dark, it's raining, it's smoky, or it's, that is something it's that horrible. It's a while to get used to when you arrive because 
when you're learning in the college, you have this idea that it's regimented and it goes step one, two, three, four, and the first time you arrive at a big incident, you realise nothing goes to plan. The plan's fluid and you react to things as they happen. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. Like being in this job and realising that when it is bad, it's, it's prickly and it's uncomfortable and it's not perfect. Stephen Francis and Ricky Tonasia, who are super skilled fire and rescue workers in Western Sydney. Look, firefighter Matt, I'm really starting to understand just how difficult it is to be a firefighter. Some people think that ethics is about finding the perfect solution that makes everyone happy. But a lot of the time, it's actually about trying to do the least harm that you can. You're stuck between a worse choice and a bad choice, and you have to pick the one that does the least damage. But you still have to live with the consequences of that, and that can be really hard. And I guess because you're the one on the ground who still has to pick that bad choice over the worst choice, that can be really hard for people like firefighters to deal with later on. That's right. Even if we're in one of those situations where we have to choose between the bad and the worse option, there's still something awful that's happened as a consequence. And that's not something that people can necessarily live with. Sometimes we think that just because we've done the right thing or we've made the ethical choice that we shouldn't feel rotten about that. But it's actually a reflection of our character sometimes that we, even though we've done the right thing, we do feel a certain way. So I guess the message is even if you feel bad after something that you've done, that doesn't necessarily mean you've done the wrong thing. It means you understand that the stakes were really high in the situation. Carl, I want to say something. Me too. Molly, look, I, I think you're the one who should be saved. You're so talented and have so many friends and you have so much to offer the world. No, Carl, I was about to say that you're the one who should be saved. You're so smart and you've got such a bright future ahead of no you. No way, Molly, you do. Look, you're fantastic at making instant tea and instant noodles, Molly. You do it better than anyone else I know. We need that skill in the future. All right, bye, guys. You are the best dancer I have ever seen. And if you think I'm going to let those dance moves burn anything but a dance floor... Carl, you got so much to give the world. It's too late for me. It's got to be Molly. Look at her. This, this angel. I really appreciate that, <laughs> Okay, I'm not staying here any longer because otherwise I'm going to get caught up in all of this. I'm going. <laughs> but bye, Matt. Matt. Matt really just left us in a fire. It's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty toasty. We're in quite a pickle here, Molly. I am spritzing. And uh, <laughs> hey, why don't you write into us and tell us who you would have saved out of me and Carl? You can just Google Short and Curly ABC Radio, and you'll find our website. And right down at the bottom of the page, there's a spot where you can contact us if if we uh. Do make it out of here, that is. And please subscribe to the show. We've got lots of other episodes. And, hey, who knows? If we get out of here, we might even make some more. Look, I, I tell you what, if I have to go, there's no better way than to do that with you by my side and Tom Jones and the Cardigans playing us out. I'll never forget you. Three hundred and sixty.